I think we are pretty focused and we know that we like we are still in we are in the fourth place, but it's ju still just two points uh, to be out of playoffs. So we know that we still have a lot of work to do and it will be a long way, but we want to do our business now instead of yeah, maybe uh, that we have to win the last three games. Otherwise, we will be uh, out of the playoffs. So, yeah, we try to do our business now and I think that's the best way to handle it. Live from our man caves in Virginia Beach, this is MLS Gone Wild, where Blem and Mike D bring you the latest news, rumors, analytics, predictions, and all things MLS and American soccer. Let's get it going, Blem. Hello and welcome to MLS Gone Wild, Season 3, Episode 22. This is your host, Blem. Listeners, thank you for joining us for another episode. This is your co-host, Mike D. Mike D, welcome back, man. Where were you last week? I was on a super secret spy mission in Kansas. I was um, observing the cows there. Out there in the flyover states. Well, we're happy to have you back. On this week's episode of MLS Gone Wild, we are joined by U.S. Men's National Team U-20 International and one of the newcomers of the year in MLS, Philadelphia Union's left side of the midfield diamond, Leon Flock. Leon was born in Humble, Texas and moved back to Germany as a young child with his family. After making several appearances for Bundesliga two side St. Pauli, he made the move to MLS to play consistent competitive minutes with the Philadelphia Union. And Mike D, the rest is history. All right, Leon. So you signed with the Union on March 31st, and rumor has it there is a funny story regarding your first training session with the club. Can you tell us what happened on the first day of training? We were actually in our uh, meeting room and then uh, we left and I was just going to the toilet real quick. But uh, when I came back, like the facility was empty. Nobody was there anymore. Uh, and yeah, you are new to some. Uh, on, I was new there. I was uh, still a bit shy. So I was like, uh, what am I doing now? Because everybody was leaving or everybody left already. And I was like, uh, OK, uh, I don't want to miss the first training session. And I was like running a bit around. And uh, I was almost about to call uh, the team manager because I was so like surprised that nobody was there anymore. But uh, uh, suddenly, I think it was a uh, uh, yeah physio which came uh, who came around the corner. So uh, he said to me that uh, they are usually doing the last team training in the stadium. So uh, I was luckily to, enough to heard that because you drive from our facility to the stadium, so nobody was going. Uh, I didn't see anybody. So I, I took my car and I was driving really fast to the stadium and luckily I made it uh, in time. But uh, if you're new, it's not like maybe the first uh, training session you wish, but uh, in the end, everything went out pretty good. <laughs> yeah, first impressions are everything, but uh, you yeah. made a lot of good, you know, your first impression for training wasn't great, but your first impressions on the pitch have been pretty good so far. So exactly a week after signing for the Union, Leon, you made your club debut in a 1-0 CCL win on the road versus Saprissa. Since then, you've gone on to start 23 MLS matches. And head coach Jim Curtin had this to say regarding the type of player that they thought they were getting when they signed you. He said, honestly, we thought we were getting a good kind of role player that could play multiple positions. I did not think we were getting what we got, which is a guy who can dominate MLS games by himself. So did you expect to have this big of an impact from the start with Philadelphia? And how important is it to your development to get these consistent competitive minutes? Um, I think 
in the beginning, I also thought or I knew that they might try to bring me in because I was still young and they maybe saw me first as a guy who could be a perfect guy for rotation or maybe a young guy who they can develop. But I was also looking for my chance because I was like still a bit angry because I was not getting my chance in Germany. So I said to myself, I will yeah, try everything to break in the first uh, team lineup. And uh, yeah, it worked out pretty good. Uh, and I'm happy that uh, Jim is saying something about uh, me like this because I think he's a really, really good coach, especially for young players like me. Um, and I think in the end, uh, if I could have said like how I want to be or how everything has to be from the start, I would have said exactly that I want to start like every game like I did now and uh, be a, like an important player to the team because I think uh, how we play now is uh, yeah pretty good because I think a lot of people don't say maybe what we are doing now on the defensive side because it's just my impression because a lot of people are really interested in the offensive side of the game. Here, it's, it's just my impression because in Europe, it's always like defense first. If you don't defend well, especially in the second league or also in the first league, if you're playing for the lower teams, uh, you will get kicked out of the startup immediately. It does not matter how you, how big your name is. So I'm always about like defense first. Sometimes it's not looking pretty. That's I know that, but uh, I really don't care because uh, if I know that I will make like three tackles which are not noticed, I don't care because I would always take maybe a last man tackle instead of uh, assisting a goal, if I'm honest. So, yeah. Offense wins games, defense wins championships. So not only are you just getting those consistent minutes that you just talked about and how important those are, but you're consistently making an impact defensively in the union midfield. You rank fifth in all of MLS and tackles with 50 tackles, ninth in blocks with 47, and first in the league in successful pressures. How has the union's style of play allowed you to shine in your defensive midfield role? Yeah, I think it's exactly how I want to play, to be aggressive, not to wait for the opponent to make a move because we want to press high. We want to like win the balls in the last third already, so the way to the goal is pretty short for us. And I think that's exactly how I want to play. And I think that's a good thing. The statistics also show that um, because uh, some people, they always look for numbers. Um, and yeah, I feel pretty comfortable because pressing is exactly, like, I would say, a really nice way of playing soccer because you're always uh, yeah, kind of brave in the game and you're not sitting back how some teams are doing it here. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really intense and it's also like a typical way of European soccer teams are playing uh, soccer. It's not like laying back and waiting. It's uh, being brave and for something. Yeah, you're obviously brave and you're getting into tackles. You're making those blocks. You're getting those interceptions and, you know, you're you're pressing teams to death. That's that's your guys' motto. It's press and play vertical. But we're talking about all these defensive stats and I just said, you know, offense wins games, defense wins championships, and you're obviously doing your defensive part, but do you feel like there's any part of your offensive game that you need to improve upon with the union? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm honest with that. I know that I have to like, I, I have to have more goals and more assists because I know it's uh, still zero for both sides. I would say that I was also a bit unlucky in the last games because there were also like maybe a few tap-ins, uh, which were missed. Um, but I also know that I have to be better uh, in those areas. But I think it's 
kind of normal that I have to improve in some areas. For example, a guy who has a lot of assists and a lot of goals normally has to improve on the other side of the game. Um, but I still think it's still kind of my first season in, at the senior level because last year I wasn't playing sometimes because of COVID in Germany. Uh, like the season was cancelled. So I just started to play like a few games for San Pauli, like I would say 200 minutes. And this is like still my first season uh, on a professional level. So I'm happy how it worked out, but I still know that I have to improve. But I'm always the first person who is criticizing myself. And uh, I think that knows everybody around me. And I think that's pretty important for me as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Mike D knows this about me. It's after we interview a guy, I like to put him on my MLS fantasy team for the weekend. And I had sh I had Daniel Shallowy this past weekend after we interviewed him, and he, he laid an egg for me almost. So, Leon, if, I, if I'm putting you on my team this weekend, man, I'm going to need a goal or assist or something, all right? Yeah, I would try my best. Uh... I'm just playing with you, man. Just keep doing your defensive role. But, you know, I just asked what you need to improve upon. But is there something that you have improved upon so far in the past six months under Jim Curtin and his coaching staff? Uh, I think it's also like my movement at all, like how I move um, or how I have to move my tactical decisions. And I was, I would also say like the awareness in the game, because I think that's something you just can train in the game. For sure, you can train like 50 times your first touch uh, in training, but it's still a different situation in the game or uh, to know who's around you and who isn't. So I would say every game helps me to improve that area. And I think it just, it just will get better. So speaking of um, improving, it doesn't always come, you know, improvement on the pitch doesn't always come from techniques or technique or fitness, but sometimes just simply studying and understanding the game. So Jim Curtin has noted that you are, quote unquote, very dialed into film and that your soccer IQ is off the charts, right? How has watching film as a part of your game um, in preparation for game helped you on the field and when Jim Curtin refers to your IQ what specifically is he referring to um I would say maybe my decisions when we don't have the ball um, um to see where maybe something dangerous yeah could be like also as an aid it's really important that you shift into like the room of the six or the space of the six to cover him and I think that's something I can do pretty good because I think we, we have a really good defense um, and it's, I think, a mix of everything. Like my decisions when we don't have the ball and also to see maybe where the like opponent has time and space to already be there if they maybe get the ball. Um, but also maybe to make some runs which are unnoticed at one point. Like I would say Thomas Müller is doing like it in a perfect way. Uh, runs for your teammates. Um, I would say I also do this because it's just unnoticed. Nobody's talking about it, but that's okay. That's not a problem for me. Um, so I would say also maybe the first point I would say is uh, my dis decisions uh, when we don't have the ball. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's hard for people that, you know, when they're analyzing the game to to really give a player props for things that don't come down to statistics on paper, right? So yeah. uh, those runs that you're talking about, you know, um, things that happen kind of um, that aren't going to go down on the stat sheet are, are also important as well. But um, in terms of talking about watching film, has this always been a part of, of your of your game prep? Um, did it start, was there kind of a pinnacle moment or have you always been into watching film to improve your game? No, I really started to watch film, like I would say this season. 
Um, and I also like watched a lot because I, I really wanted to know maybe what I can do better when we have the ball in the offensive third to become more dangerous, especially in front of the goal. And I think also I didn't uh, score or assisted uh, goals in the last few games. Uh, it became better. I just, if you look at the statistics, I think my, my key passes, for example, went up. And uh, I also have the feeling that I, I'm more dangerous, although for, for sure a lot of people say it's it's not like it is because I don't uh, assisted or scored goals in the last few games. But it's also like if you feel that you're getting better than something, normally it is like like it is. But um, yeah, I really, really like to watch film because I think it's the best way to analyze yourself and maybe to analyze some certain things which happened in the game. And uh, especially when we played bad, I will always uh, try to watch uh, our game again. And yeah, it's just about yeah being like, uh, yeah, just to analyze what what you can do better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's probably no better feeling than watching film after you think that you've done something wrong and then improving on that and then going out and actually yeah. executing on the field. That's true. Yeah, you're a student of the game, and you you just mentioned Thomas Mueller. You've obviously watched him play for the German national team for Bayern Munich, and you mentioned his off-ball movement. I also know that you selected your number 31 because of Bastian Schweinsteiger, and probably you emulate some of his defensive duties when you play for the Philadelphia Union throughout your career. Like, who is your favorite player? Who do you try to mirror your game off of? I would definitely say Schweinsteiger because I still have – in my mind, the game when Germany played, I think, against uh, Argentina in the uh, World Cup final, how he was bleeding under his eye and how he was fighting for every ball. And I think uh, he won almost every duel. So uh, this performance is definitely in my mind. And uh, I actually, I think I have him also uh, as my home screen for my phone. So, uh, yeah, it's, I would say, my role model and my, my favorite player. Have you ever met him? Uh, no, unfortunately not. But, uh, yeah, maybe one day there will be the chance. Yeah. Uh, you talk about home screens, and my home screen is Kevin Molino of the Columbus Crew, which you're lucky to not have to play against this weekend, Leon. <laughs> I think we, I, he played, I think, in the second game when we played Columbus in our okay. uh, one victory, yeah. Is yeah, he injured? Or? Yeah, he's injured. He's out with an ACL oh. injury, unfortunately. Oh. Oh, yeah, I, I bought his jersey at the beginning of the season. Might have cursed the guy. We won't talk yeah. about it, though. But uh, so throughout the season and even dating back to your time with St. Pauli days, uh, we, we've seen you play left back when you were over in Germany. We've seen you play the six a couple times for Philly. And most frequently, we've seen you play the left side of the Union midfield diamond. Which position best fits your strengths and style of play and why? Uh, that's a good question. Because I, I get asked this question a lot. I think it also depends on the opponent. Um, sometimes I would say I really prefer the eight because like I can run almost over the whole field. Like I can press everybody. And if you are on a six, you kind of have to stay in your position because otherwise your team will get a lot of problems. But as an eight, I can like help in the defense or already press when we lose the ball in the final third. Uh, left back is also pretty nice because you will have a lot of like one against one duels. Um, but right now, I would say how how it's working out. It's it's the eight, or if we would have would play with two sixes, it would be like one of the sixes. But uh, right now, it's it's the eight for me because it's how we play. Um, but uh, I definitely also like to be like the second six if you play with two sixes. So speaking of the sixes, there is a huge debate going around. 
talks about the U.S. men's national team and how Tyler Adams is the guy. And then under that, there's a huge drop-off. Is it Kellen Acosta? Is it Jackson Yule? Do you think that you can push for that position on the U.S. men's national team? Um, like, I would also always say that um, like I'm always looking for those opportunities or those chances. But in the end, it's it's not my decision. Uh, it's the decision of the coach. And I always try to like be the best version of myself. And right now, it's to be the best version of myself for Philadelphia Union. And I think if I'm doing a good job here, uh, it will get noticed and, and the rest will come if it's for the national team or maybe for other clubs. Uh, never say never. And uh, in the end, it's not my decision, but uh, for sure it would be nice. And yeah, you never know. Mike D., for a guy that's from humble Texas, that's a pretty humble answer, man. Ah, he strikes again. He does this every episode with the punch, Leon. I'm telling you. Hey, but I know it was a humble answer, but I gotta ask. Like, you played under Anthony Hudson, was the U20 coach? Yes. Yes. Uh, has there been any talks between him and Greg Berhalter? You know, I know. I believe you were named to some provisional roster earlier this summer. Yeah. Like, have there been talks between you and Greg at all? Uh, not between me and Greg, but I actually texted a few times uh, with. Uh, Anthony Hutchin. Um, we also had like a really, really nice connection when we had uh, this camp, and it was like really sad to like get the notice that the World Cup was cancelled because I think we had a really, really good squad, and uh, yeah, that was really, really, I would say, was maybe the worst notice I could get in this year because you maybe work for those tournaments your whole life, and then it just get cancelled. Um, so yeah, the, I text, uh, texted with Anthony Hudson. He was like saying that I'm doing a really good job and that he's really happy for me. And uh, yeah, I was really happy about his uh, message. So yeah, there's still a bit of contact. Yes. Good. So we'll get off the U.S. Men's National Team talk. You did mention a couple minutes ago playing against, maybe not a couple minutes ago. Shoot, I don't know. I'm losing track of time here. <laughs> but you did, you did mention playing against Atlanta and playing against a guy like Arujo for Atlanta out there on the wing. Like, which player has been the toughest matchup for you so far this season? Um, I would say it was Carl Um, I think we did actually pretty good in this game because uh, I was kind of man-marking him in this game. Um, and I think in the second game he was injured. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was definitely Carl Skill because his movement off the ball and his movement with the ball and his awareness of his, where his teammates are and like his, he was always playing vertical with almost like a second touch and that's really hard to defend. Um, and she was also quick, like with the ball and he was shooting from everywhere. So I think he's maybe the best player I've ever played against. Um, yeah. And uh, Mukta is also pretty good. I have to say that as well, because I think he's maybe not getting the credit he deserved this season because uh, maybe he's not playing for the biggest team. Um, but he was actually pretty good as well because they just played through him the whole time and everybody knows that, but it's uh, still hard to defend. He's a what's quick it like, guy, man. What's it like yeah. mentally going into these games knowing that you have to guard a Carlos Hill or a Hani Mukhtar? Uh, personally, I love those matchups because I know that I like have one guy uh, and if I'm doing well, maybe that could help my team that much that we will win this game or we won't. Uh, concede any goals so uh, when we played against uh, Gil uh, it was like, pretty nice for me to play directly against him and uh, yeah for me it's pretty nice I love those matchups to know that I have like one guy I have to cover and uh, yeah 
then I try my best and uh, normally it helps the team to win the game. I think that's a funny point that you bring up. It's and, and this is not at all anything like playing in MLS, but in our game last night, we played indoor together, Blake and I. And the team that we were playing against had this one guy who was a central midfielder, and uh, he was the guy who was dictating the tempo of the game. And there's just something about, like, you know, when you realize that that's the guy and you stay on him and he's your guy um, and it kind of disrupts the play of the opponent, there's that satisfaction in there, right? Yeah, that's uh, actually pretty nice. And I think that's what we are doing right now uh, better than we did in the last games that we know the key players. Like, we know knew them before as well, but right now we uh, cover like almost every player on the pitch and we press them pretty good. For example, when we played Atlanta, I think in the first half, they were also kind of surprised how we pressed and how like less time they had on the ball um, because I think they won almost every game before and that also pretty easy. So, no, it's uh, nice to like see that uh, maybe the frustration of the players going up and that he's not happy with, his, with himself and that's maybe what, what you're working for as a defensive player. Absolutely. It means you're doing your job right. Yeah. But, um, and then you foul the guy a couple of times, right? Then you're really in his head. Yeah. Then uh, maybe trash talking also starts and uh, <laughs> then you know you're in his head and that's normally the best situation. I got to yeah. know, Leon Flock, are you a trash talker? Um, sometimes yes, sometimes not. I know if I'm like, if I'm good in the game, maybe sometimes yes. If I know I should work maybe more on myself in the game, uh, I stop that. But um normally sometimes uh yes nice has anybody talked trash to you mm, i would say uh, new england is a team which is actually pretty good in uh, uh trash talking yeah they almost every guy of them is uh talking trash to you and and the funny thing is it does not matter how the guy is playing they always talk trash like maybe the worst player of them they will also say something to you uh, because he's not caring uh, about his own performance. He just tries to interrupt your performance. But that's how it is. That's how it maybe has to be sometimes. Um, but I'm like, if I'm playing good, I try to maybe do this. But I also know if maybe I should concentrate on myself. So speaking of, of Trash Talk, last question before we move on here. There was a, a little exchange here not too long ago between, um, I think it was, was it uh, Brujo and... Uh, Who's the guy from Atlanta? I can't think of his Barco. name right now. Barco, yeah, right? And you come, yeah. you know, we see the video, right? You come, you come sprinting in there, you know. What was that exchange like? You know, would, uh, did you guys have words as well? What were they saying back and forth to each other? Uh, they were talking in Spanish. I can speak a bit Spanish, but they were actually speaking so fast that I didn't understand something. <laughs> uh, but Jose is always like, I would say, kind of good for a bit of like uh, trash talking or fighting on the pitch. And yeah. we know that he's really important and he was already on a yellow card. So I uh, tried to interrupt this yeah. fight but um yeah it's actually i would also say kind of our like it's one of our character traits or attitudes that we try to play dirty in a in a good way um try to do everything to bring like maybe the worst performance of the opponent players out of them so we almost try everything and uh yeah, in the last few games, it worked out pretty well. I think we also played a really good match against uh, Club America. Um, so I think we are on a good way now. It's, I think, also the right time to be on a good way. Yeah. So, yeah, we are looking definitely forward uh, to the next games. Absolutely. So the last time we spoke with you about joining us for an interview, the you know, Union had lost three straight matches, but you talk about being on a good way. 
Um, since then, you guys have earned six valuable points against Orlando and Atlanta. And, you know, those two teams are also fighting for a playoff spot. So now that you guys can focus on just MLS play, um, you know, what about this current run of form do you guys think is working? Like, what are you guys doing differently maybe than you guys were doing before? Um, and, you know, how do you continue to go into playoffs with this with this form? Yeah, I think uh, what actually changed a bit our mindset was the performance against Club America because Club America is, I would say, a really, really good team with a lot of great players and they will also have a great future. And I think how we played, especially in the first half and uh, showed that we are a really, really good team. And uh, I think our coach said that maybe some of our guys didn't know how good they even can play. And uh, I think also our pressing was pretty good in all those matches. And I think the pressing is, yeah, it's our face of playing soccer. Um, because if you press high, it's always not like nice to be on the ball if you're the opponent player. And that's exactly what we work for. So I think our pressing was way, way better than before. And everybody was uh, on the same line and uh, we worked for each other, we fought for each other. And I think that's uh, exactly what we have to do because I think the best like way to describe our team is that the star is the team and not an individual player, how it is in some teams. So, yeah, we are one team now again, and uh, I think you can see that now. Yeah, I saw somewhere that one of the reasons that you enjoyed Philly so much was that, like you said, everybody plays for each other. So off the field, in the locker room, you know, what's the mentality like going, you know, in, into the locker room with the guys? And, and how does that continue going uh, into the playoffs here for the rest of the season? I think everybody's uh, really focused, but we also started to have more fun in training and in yeah, in the games as well. But especially in training, I think that's also really important for us because if you have like a positive feeling after maybe leaving the facility or also going to the facility, it changes the way how you train, how you interact with each other. And I think that really changed over the last yeah, few weeks. And uh, you can see that. And that's also the best feeling if you can see this like positive change on the field. Um, so, yeah, I think we are pretty focused and we know that we like we are still in we are in the fourth place, but it's ju still just two points uh, to be out of playoffs. So we know that we still have a lot of work to do and it will be a long way, but we want to do our business now instead of yeah maybe uh, that we have to win the last three games. Otherwise, we will be uh, out of the playoffs. So, yeah, we try to do our business now and I think that's the best way to handle it. I saw today that you guys could finish anywhere between second place and ninth place. So you guys got some important games coming up. Yeah. And we, we talked briefly at the beginning of the episode about the New York Red Bulls game. That's tomorrow. Best of luck to you. We're not going to get into that one. But your MLS debut came in a 0-0 draw with the Finney MLS Cup champs, our beloved Columbus crew. <laughs> you guys match up with them again this Sunday at home in a match that has playoff implications what do you think the crew do well as a team? So I'm testing your soccer IQ here. And what do you guys need to do to ensure you walk out of Subaru Park with the valuable three points? I think they uh, also try to get like really like that. For example, their number 10, Luca Zelarian is getting the ball a lot and that he is getting in positions where he can hurt the oppo opponent. Um, also, Zardes is working a lot for the team and they sometimes also try to like get the ball with uh, to him with just a long ball. So um, they also try to play vertical with the wingers. 
because they have a lot of speed on uh, at the wings. So um, I think they are also playing really fast and try to be easy sometimes. They have a really, really good number six from my point of view. Nakbe is uh, really, really good also in the pressure. So they try to find him a lot. And then he's trying to find uh, Zalerian. And in the end, he's trying to find Zades. So I think that's the combination they are looking for. And uh, if you maybe try to get uh, Nakbe and uh, Zalerian kind of out of game, it will help us a lot so we are trying to interrupt their play style as far as we can and um, I think they maybe it's uh, no criticism but maybe I would say we have more speed um, in our attack than they have in their defense I think they have more veteran players in their defense so um, they try to do a lot with their experience um, but I think it will be a pretty tough match it was I think really tough match in the first uh, like game we played against them and also in the second one it was always pretty close so yeah it will be a lot of fun hey now i'm i'm all here for criticism but blake it sounds like he just said that our back line is slow and old i mean leon's leon's got an 84 pace on fifa the guy flies okay i would say it's, okay. it's also uh, if you compare like every backline to maybe the pace of sergio every backline would be slow so I could say that True. for every yeah. MLS team, but um, it's also, I think they have actually really good defenders. Uh, for example, the captain and uh, I think the other guy was also playing in Europe and I think in Norway. So uh, they actually have a lot of experience and sometimes uh, you can be fast as hell, but if there's a really experienced guy who knows what he has to do, uh, he will defend you maybe better than a fast guy. So uh, I think it will be, uh, important that we put everything we have on the field and uh, yeah hopefully we will get the win slow guy defending the fast guy mike d that sounds like you and i in indoor <laughs> well no that sounds like you in indoor don't, don't put me in that <laughs> no nah, but leon best best of luck to you tomorrow against uh the red bulls thank and then you. best of luck thank this you. sunday we're going to be in section 109 so come see us after the game man mike d you got any yeah. final thoughts uh, no, Leon, just wanted to say uh, thanks so much for joining us. Um, and uh, we'll we'll be looking forward to We can't root for you now, unfortunately, when we go to the game on Sunday. But we'll definitely be paying attention to uh, whoever you match up against. And um, Sounds good. I guess I guess I have to say best of luck in, in the game to you. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, thanks. Thanks a lot, yeah. guys. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Best of luck, Leon. I'll be wearing the Kevin Molino jersey. I'm sure Mike D <laughs> will be rocking the Lucas Celeron, but we'll be holding the sign that says, we heart Leon Flock. <laughs> Sounds that, good. That might be a lie. I don't know if we're going to be doing that. But like I said, we'll be in section one of nine. <laughs> Listeners, thank you for tuning in to this interview featuring Leon Flock. Stop by section 109 this Sunday at Subaru Park to say hello to the fellas of MLS Gone Wild. We hope to see you there. We'll catch you guys later. Peace. Peace.